world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. When the explosive news of a life-altering illness drops, the resulting emotional and psychological shockwaves shatter not only the lives and plans, hopes and dreams of the person affected, but extend to the very edges of their universe. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise, psychologist Dr. Lena Aldana helps us pick up the pieces and begin moving forward again. Parents Are Hard To Raise is now available on Spotify and its 180 million monthly subscribers. Welcome to Parents Are Hard To Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert, Diane Berardi. It can feel like a punch in the gut when the doctor delivers that life-altering news. All the plans and priorities you had just moments ago instantly turn to smoke when you're confronted with a major cancer, serious disease, or other life-threatening condition. There's no right or wrong way to feel when you or someone you love gets that kind of news. Most people just go numb inside and are unable to fully process the news. And then, after reality begins to sink in, out of the blue, you're hit with a tidal wave of emotions that can easily engulf and smother you with anxiety, fear, worry, and sadness, and leave you feeling naked, cold, and all alone. Then comes the questions to which you have no answers. How do you help your loved one cope with the news of their diagnosis? How do you help everyone else in the family? How do you cope yourself? What do you say or not say to the person about their illness? Do you say anything at all? What topics should you avoid? Should you offer help or wait for them to ask you? These are the kind of questions my family and I were confronted with this past week, as are so many other families. And it's why I've asked our resident psychologist, Dr. Lena Aldana, to help walk us through some of life's toughest times. Dr. Aldana is a licensed psychologist and clinical director at Pirelli Clinical and Forensic Psychology and is our go-to expert for issues like these. Lena, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. You are very welcome. My pleasure. And thank you for having me and thinking of me during this really difficult moment. Well, you know, I, I, my first you know, thought when the doctor was telling us the news about my mom, I'm thinking, what do I say to her? You know, how do I find the right words? What do we do? So hard. So devastating, right? It's like, I actually thought a lot about you when I, I got the call that you wanted me to guest on, on the show. And I thought about, you know, how often... When we know somebody is aging and they may have some issues, certain things are not supposed to be, quote, surprises, right? Right. But 
it, it does feel like a surprise, even if you knew it was coming. And then if you, if this was really left field, it's just devastating. And what do you do with that? And how do you stay together so that you can hold everybody? Um, because that, that's what you're, that's what you're doing. You're holding everybody, right? So how do you keep yourself together while, while you do all that? And you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I talked to you the other night and you could hear, I, I, I ran myself probably, you know, into the ground, which so many caregivers do. And I really, I just, started to become a caregiver and and you know and honestly it's just been you know taking her you know to the doctors and in the, the biopsies and you know waiting with her and in the hospital and and you know when she was admitted and uh, and trying to you know keep my father together but it it's y- you can see where it just can wear you out and you don't even realize it you just keep going and going and your body just breaks down yeah Mm-hmm. what do we do? How do we, <laughs> how do you manage? Yeah. So, <laughs> you pray and you hope, <laughs> but besides all that, um, I think being aware, right? You, if you, when we care for someone um, who really needs us and we're like the primary and go to for everyone. Right. And we rally everything. We get everything together. Then we have to be really cognizant and aware that we're like an, integral part of 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 the machine and if we break down everything breaks down with us right right if that's the case then we must care for ourselves so that we function well and then we can help everybody else if you don't help yourself you're going to fall apart and then you can't help anyone so being aware that you need a break that you're feeling badly that you need want to speak to someone whether it is a professional or a friend or another loved one, um, not holding everything in. Because if you hold everything in, you know, it's going to, I just told, told you in the background, it's going to come out somehow. And usually if we hold it all in, yeah. especially our emotions, physically, it, that's where it's going to show. That's where the symptoms come a lot of the times. Um, so just know yourself and know your limitations. This kind of goes back to our last conversation um, the last time I was on your show, understanding that, you know, we can't do it all, that we do need to ask for help, um, and that you have to delegate. If you can't do something, kind of like you couldn't do it the other day, you give the job to someone else because you can't be there. And it doesn't make you a bad person. and It doesn't mean you're being irresponsible or not loving your loved one. It just means you need a break so that you can love them and care for them well. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I I could feel myself, you know, not feeling well, but I just kept pushing, you know, and pushing. And I guess I kind of think I have to be there, you know. Um, and and people offer, you know, other people, you know, there, there's so many of my cousins offered, you know, um, to take my mom or, and do things, and 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 I don't know. I, I don't know, is that a feeling, you know, I, I'm like, but she looks for me, you know, like, I have to be there. And I don't know if that's me. Or, you know, am I reading into that? Or, I mean, or, or I, I don't know, I, I feel that coming from her, you know, I, that she feels comfortable. 
you know, and, and more relaxed when I'm there. But I don't know if that's me reading into it and she'll be okay, you know, with someone else. Is that just a control thing? Or <laughs> it, it, well, it, you know, we people, we human beings are funny in that way. Um, you know, when you say that, the way I relate that to my own personal experience is, you know, my children, right? I'm right. Like, well, they're much better with me than with anybody else. <laughs> Even though I know that the babysitter does a good job <laughs> right. and they're happy with her <laughs> when she's there. And yes, maybe they cry when I leave, but then they get over it. So not that I am comparing your mother to a baby or you know mm. our older parents to, to small babies but the relationship and the dynamic that's what I'm talking about so it does happen it's normal for us to think that especially if we are the primary people that they go to you know we have a very special role in their lives that we take very seriously we are responsible for this other person yeah so giving that bit of control and giving you know that responsibility to someone else it's a little scary because maybe they are not going to do it as well as we are um and 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 they, they may not because we're, they're not us right but if we are sure or if we believe that that other person is going to care is going to do a good job and the recipient of the job is going to be okay and they and they can bond in a positive way then it's okay to do it um it won't be the same and you can normalize it for the person you know i'm, I'm, I'm not going to be here today so and so has to take over today because i can't i'll be here next time and i want to be here today but it, it's impossible because of x y and z um but i will be here you know whatever date and i'll be here well because i'm not feeling well right now and i need a break yeah and maybe they can't hear that maybe they can't understand that but at least you're giving them something well you know it's funny because my mom she she will say to me no you're don't come you know her 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 maternal, uh, I, I guess, instincts come in, no, and she starts worrying about me, you know. <laughs> and, and so, and I thought, well, you know, I don't want you worrying about me, and I'm saying to her, but then I'm thinking, well, maybe that's good, because I kind of took her mind off, you know, maybe off of herself a little bit, or, or you know, her illness. Um, but it, I'm thinking, oh, you know, now she's worried about me, so, but that's always a mother, I guess, right? You're always a mother. You're always a mom. Yeah, everybody says that. My 70-year-old baby, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think it ever goes away. It, it's part of the human experience, you know, the loving and the attachment and the having to let go. It's, it, it's, just, it's just part of life. And it's a very real and also very sad part of our experience. You asked me, um, I think, a very important question earlier. You said to me, you know, how much... Um, can I tell her? And you also, I think, said that during the introduction. How much do we tell right. the people that um, that are now diagnosed that were our parents or our loved uncle or whoever, you know, whoever is so important to us? How much do we say to them? And, um, you know, I go back and forth with that question sometimes, but someone said something very important to me one day. They said, don't ever take away... Um, sort of the control that this person can have over their own life right? Um, by not telling them, by keeping something so important as a diagnosis of a major illness away from someone. In many ways, you're infantilizing them, I think. And in many ways, you're just saying, you know, you're so frail, you can't cope. And maybe so, but people have a right to know. Yeah. Um, and you can use, you can find 
different language. It doesn't have to be like the full blown right. diagnostic label. And it can just be, you know, you have been, the doctor says you have this and this is what can happen. And worst case scenario, this is what we're looking at. Um, and it may be shocking to that person and it may not be. Um, it depends, you know, how physically fit or not they've been and um, how old they are and how attuned they are to, you know, their own body and their own mortality. So different people will react differently. I know some people who will not be shocked if they are told that this is what I have and I have X, Y, and Z time left. And some people who are not doing well, but who are not attuned to that idea, may be shocked anyway. So it's person to person. Right. So when we come back, we'll be talking more with Dr. Lena Aldana. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. Were you ever young? You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Lena, uh, what I wanted to ask you when... You know, when a a spouse becomes ill, how do we help the other spouse? You know, deal with the the shock and and trying to um, understand and and function. You know, like there's a change. This person that you know you you've done things together, and you kind of you know, with my mom and dad, they've been married sixty five years, and yeah. and so they they. Uh, Make one per make up one person, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. One can see better than the other. Uh, 
one maybe can hear a little bit better than the other. You know, one can maybe walk a little bit. So they kind of, um, you know, help each other. And, and so now it's like my dad is just, I, he's kind of in, you know, he's in shock and he's kind of just moving along, but he's having almost like panic attacks at night. And I, I don't know what to say to him to try to, you know, help him. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not what you can say to them, but what you may ask them if they're willing to talk. Okay. Or um, making those indirect comments that are kind of directed to a third party, but it's really to them um, to normalize the experience. Um, so maybe noting that the changes and, you know, I, I've heard of some people or I know so-and-so who went through a similar experience and they got really nervous or really scared that they were going to be all alone. And then they started to experience some of these things. Uh-huh. Is that what's happening to you? Kind of going, saying it, but from the side. Okay. Going um, around so it a little. Yeah. Yes. So it's not so scary and not so direct. Not that. Are you, are you, are you anxious now? Right. <laughs> exactly. Cause you know, he doesn't the answer be no. <laughs> exactly. Cause he's still a man, you know, and he's still exactly. your dad. So he's kind of, yeah. Um, so you kind of circumvent it and ask it, but in a very gentle way, um, that doesn't feel so intrusive or judgmental. It's more like it's okay. And, you know, it's happened to other people and I've heard that it happens to them. And I'm wondering if, if, if that's what's happening. Um, because sometimes when big changes happen, you know, it makes us nervous and, you know, and maybe recognize the fact that they have been together so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it must be so scary to think that mom, mom is not well right now. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, you know, we all know our parents. I mean, they're, they're older and you, you, I don't know, you know, you've heard them on the show and they're like um, a comedy routine, you know, they're, they've, been, <laughs> they've been together so long and, um, you know, and, and, you know, me as a professional, you, you know the the right things you have to do and the things you have to go through and you know and but, but you know then it it just hits you and you're kind of you are you're you're filled with all these emotions and my my brother and sister aren't in the area and I'm you know I'm there I deliver all the news and I have to call them and tell them you know what's happening and and it's kind of hard and, you know, because then you get, you know, I, I kind of have to give them, you know, we're, we're in the hospital having this by bi- the bi- having the biopsy and it, it took, we were in the hospital like 12 hours and oh, wow. yeah, it just was so, so long and, and I have to keep calling them or texting them through the whole thing. And it's, I don't know, it, it's just, and it, I know it's so anxious for them as well because they're not here. Yeah, you know, and and I know that happens with so many families. Sometimes you have one sibling, you know, one person who's here, or or maybe two people, and people are all over the, you know, all, all over now in different states, different areas. So not everyone is close. And yeah. it, you know, how do you deal with that? <laughs> how do you? It's 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 overwhelming. It's extremely difficult. 
you know, you you have a, a big job and when when there's only one person who is the front person yeah and they have to dole out all the information and also make decisions and then get feedback from everybody else it's extremely stressful yeah. um so so the question that you're asking me is how do you tell them or how do you manage yourself both <laughs> I'm filled with all these questions and I'm sure our listeners because you know so, <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. I mean you can go a number of ways you can just you know say the facts that say it like it is and just give them the information because remember the people who are distance yeah. anyways they are protected right they right. are not there they're not seeing it they're not living it they're right. just getting the information and they can be the backseat drivers in many ways right? yes yeah whereas when you're the front person you know you're doing it all and you, you're being called on to make decisions to, to do all sorts of things that no one is there to help you with um and it's so easy for the people who are not present right. um to give interesting feedback at these moments when they're not there yeah. um, so that can be also very frustrating so you know so in terms of handling the relatives and the siblings and friends and whoever you know it, we can do so many different things it really depends on who we are as people and and, and 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 at the moment how we're feeling in many ways we can just say what we know from the doctors say things you know state the facts and and that's it yeah and if um people have questions or, or or comments you know either yeah. you deflect or you just say hey you're not here this is how it is um so it, it really depends on on the person and on, on, on who the person is and how they respond to family members because some people may feel frustrated but they feel like they need to be deferent to certain relatives you know so it yeah. creates an interesting ball of wax i know Right. But in terms of um, how do we care for ourselves, because this is an extremely stressful moment, you know, not only are we confronted with the mortality of a very deeply loved person, but we're also confronted with the stressors of helping them through it, helping others through it, managing all sorts of things, not only the medical, the financial, the relatives, everything. Right. Um, And that's extremely overwhelming. And you just mentioned having gotten sick recently because yeah. you ran yourself to the ground. And I mentioned being aware, you know, of your limitations, taking breaks, seeking help. But one of the ways we can seek help, true help, not true, that maybe that's a wrong statement. Professional is the, be- the better statement because we can get true help from our loved ones and a support group. But we get different help from somebody who is a professional, right? They will, right. They, they're going to be an unbiased person in many ways because they don't know us. So we can feel more comfortable. This, that's the one beauty of therapy, right? You go there and you say what you need to say once you build trust because you don't know that person. You, know, right. you just know them to be your helper, but you don't know their history. You don't have to worry about their lives you know that you're there and they're and this is what they do and they're going to find a way to help you if you find the courage to share your story and so once you know if that's the road that people decide to take because some people do need to um do it the stress is so high or the grief is so deep um that um you know they seek professional help so there are many ways that people can be helped professionally either the therapist can help them to sort of process what's happening, understand, you know, the loss and, and their own symptoms and, and, and everything that's going on in their lives and sort of, you know, 
take a look back to their relationship and look into the future as to you know how they can move forward or they or some people can't do that some people either can't or should not you know do this deep processing because the dynamic was complex or because that's just not who they are or how they function so they may just need tools you know tools to learn how to manage how to cope with stress how to cope with the anxiety you know how to know what the trigger is and what the symptom looks like and then what to do to reduce the anxiety or improve the mood or heighten the the motivation or the energy yeah. because they're now becoming depressed and run down so um, it really depends on the person's needs yeah. if they seek treatment and if they don't seek treatment you know relatives can be helpful friends can be helpful but the help may be a little bit different you know yeah and, and you know i guess i mean for me i'm um i'm not the type of person to you know people call me and ask me you know of course family and friends how's your mom and and of course they want to know everything that's happening and then and and because it's a natural thing they'll ask me well you know what's the prognosis or you know well what are you doing or what what about this and what about and it, it kind of you know well and then they relay their experiences to you and it's like oh my gosh i it makes me more overwhelmed if that makes sense yeah, of course yeah. <laughs> you know it's like they're dumping and dumping and dumping <laughs> and your cup is full yeah. and it's, oh oh, it's beyond the brim. So it has to stop at some point. So the question is, you know, how do we deal with that? When there's only one child or one family member who handles it all, how do they say, okay, enough. Yeah. I need this to stop and I need you to do this and I need you to do that. And I need you, to, you know, it, 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 I think it involves a level of courage. You know, to say, I need help and I need this to stop and I can't handle it all on my own. Yeah. And I think this goes back to your original question about, you know, leaving mom with somebody else. Yeah. What if they don't do such a good job? I think it's related to that because it's also understanding that, yes, these people are not going to do it exactly as I am. But they are willing to help. Some might be not so willing, but they should help, especially right. if they have opinions. Um, but but it's, it's it's delegating some of the work um, because the machine breaks down, right? We cannot run yeah. the machine at a thousand miles per hour because it will break down. And if the machine breaks down, nothing works, right? Oh, yeah. And I guess that it does require courage. You know, you say that because... It, you know, to ask for help. And, and I know, you know, I, I've talked on shows, you can't do it all, you have to, you know, mm -hmm. get help, you have to take care of yourself. And, but it does require courage, because I feel, and I shouldn't, but I, I you know, and I know, and my mom was like, No, don't come, you know, but I feel guilty, you know, I feel like I have to go there, and I have to be with her, and I have to spend the time that I can with her, you know, and so I, but yet I do know that I need a break, you know, um, from the travel, you know, I'm not close by and, and, uh, so it's, I guess it does require, it does courage, you know, I didn't think about that word, but it does. Yeah. Courage to accept your limitations, to accept help, to seek help and accept it because we can say, Oh, we're so tired. Oh, right. we can't do this. And then, Oh, help this offer. And we're like, no, no, 
Thank you, but no, thank you. I got this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was, um, you know, I I had this cold. I talked to you Wednesday, you know, and yes. and uh, th- uh, Thursday, you know, my mom was going to start her first treatment, and I said to my husband. And normally the both of us would, you know, drive there and because we have my dad too. And he's, you know, we have to drop, you know, my mom off. I would go with her, get a wheelchair and we wheel into the, you know, into the cancer center and my husband will have my dad, you know, so this way he's watching him and I'm with her. And then, you know, we're all in this, we meet in the same place where we have to go. But, and then I'm thinking, how is he? I said, I can't go. You know, first of all, I'm sick. I can't get anyone sick, you know, and, and I just like, I, I couldn't do it, but I'm thinking, how is he going to manage? How are you going to manage two people? You're not going to be able to do it, you know, because one, my dad just takes off, you know. And so, but you know, he did it, you know. But you know, and I, he was texting me all along the way because there's so many incidents, you know, with my dad. <laughs> just, he just, you know, yeah, he kind of just creates. He doesn't even know he's creating things that are happening. Chaos. Yes, he creates chaos, <laughs> you know, but. um but it just, you know, but he managed, you know, the poor guy, it took him like 12 hours from day, you know, beginning to end, but he managed, you know, but I was thinking, oh my gosh. So I did it, you know, I did, but it took me being kind of knocked down to get the yeah. help, you know, literally passed out. <laughs> yeah, literally passed out. So, um, but anyway, uh, I, well, I, can I can I just interrupt you for one second? Yeah. Because I think you're saying something really important. You know, you're saying you know you trust your husband obviously, and and you know that he can do it, but you just didn't think he could manage the two of them yeah. at the same time, and you know you had your your misgivings about that. Um, but I think that sometimes we 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 don't give people enough credit, or we don't give them what's the word I'm looking for. I think sometimes we. We don't expect enough of people. Maybe okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or we, or we tell ourselves, you know, so-and-so is just too hard for them. They can't. Yeah. And then we discount the fact that they do have strengths and that um, they can help more than we realize. And so we end up strapped, right? Because right. then we end up saying, no, 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 you, you don't have to do that. I'm going to do it because I – and then you end up taking on more and more when in reality – People are very capable, capable, that's the word I was looking for. People are really capable. Um, Not everyone, but a lot of people are very capable, especially when they're called to do it in in times of of distress, in times of emergency. People are much more willing to do things um, and, and to be there for you and to go the extra mile. Maybe not so much sometimes for us, but for the loved one or for whoever or be, or for their own principles. Who knows? But, um, but, but but sometimes people are more capable than we realize or than we give them credit for. And and if we are able to sort of recognize that and step back a little, yeah, we can let others, you know, take on more so that we can rest. We can take on a little less here and there so that then we can do the job. Um, when we're the only one, the job is big, really, really big. That's really a great point. I mean, honestly, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, 
And, and like with my husband, he handled it, you know, and he might have mm-hmm. not have done everything like I would have done, you know, or when both of us were there, but he was able to do it. And, yeah. and you're right. And that's, and he even had the space to text, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, he was even able to text. <laughs> I know, right. It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard because some of the things that I say to you and some of the things that I say to my clients, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not even doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. It's- because it's so much easier to be the person who is in the role of caregiver and the person who is given the direction. And, and But when we're called to sort of give up the, the control, the power yeah. and just, you know, it's so hard because no one is going to do it like us. And maybe so, but it does get done right right if you were absent someone else would would have to step up and it's and my brother is coming this week you know which is good because it's you know um he'll he'll give me you know a a a break as far as doctors and and things like that and um but i'm 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 I have a list of things. I'm like, you know, I have to tell him, Re- you know, remember this, look at this, you know, you got to watch this, you got to do this. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, and then I'm thinking, well, he's an adult and he's going to know, you know, yeah. what, what to do or, and he's probably not going to notice, you know, things like that. I know, like my dad can't get his jacket on by himself because he has a bad shoulder. So you yeah. have to help him. And is my, and I'm thinking, is my brother going to remember that? Is he going to be able to, you know, I mean, and this is like, oh, my gosh. Well, if he doesn't remember that, he'll know when your father has half a jacket <laughs> right. on and is dragging the other half on the other side. I know. I mean, you <laughs> know, know, I know. It's just, and you're right. I know. Sorry. I'm just like, okay, you know, but it's just, yeah. But it's hard to trust. It's hard to give it up. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. It's, it's not easy. No, it's crazy. It's not easy. It's not easy. So what I want to say to you is, you know, I mean, you are amazing. You're doing a lot. I don't even know that I could do the, the stuff that you're doing, really. Oh, um, and it sounds like you have an amazing relationship with your parents. Not everybody has that. Um, I'm so, very lucky, yeah. Yes, because, yeah, but it, 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 it sounds amazing. So I'm envious and, and, and I hope, you know, it, it's wonderful. I mean, there's a reason why it's there. I'm sure they deserve it. Lena, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you for helping me and our listeners. You are welcome. My pleasure. I love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at dianeparentsarehardtoraise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week.